Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to our service this morning. First song will be number nine. Number nine. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flesh before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, Drive the dark of doubt away, giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works with joy surround thee, earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea, chanting bird and flowing fountain, Call us to rejoice in Thee. Mortals, join the mighty chorus, which the morning stars began. Father, love is reigning o'er us. Brother, love binds man to man. Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music leads us onward in the triumph song of life. Good morning. morning. Welcome to our services today. You are our honored guests, and we invite you to worship with us often, whether in person or via live stream. Please fill out an attendance card and place it in the collection plate so that we may have a record of your attendance. Times of our services are 9.30 Bible study, 10.30 Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m. Sunday evening worship, and 7 p.m. Wednesday Bible study. Come and join us for an annual trunk or treat event after evening services tonight. We will have a hot dog chili supper immediately following the service, followed by trunk or treat. Please bring chili, soups, chips, desserts, and drinks. Hot dogs and buns and condiments will be provided. The ladies' sewing group will meet Thursday at 1230. The young men will be conducting the evening service on Sunday, November the 6th. Anyone interested in participating, please see Tom Payne. The ladies are invited to a baby shower for Matt and Alexis Hensley on Sunday, November the 6th at 2 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. They are expecting a boy and are registered at Amazon and Target. The annual bonfire will be Saturday, November the 5th at the home of Chris and Carrie Lanier at 5 p.m. Bring games to play together in the yard. And at 6 p.m., there will be a meal. Bring soups, sides, and desserts with a hayride at dark. Meat, buns, condiments, utensils, drinks, and s'mores will be provided. Hillcrest Church of Christ will host their gospel meeting November the 6th through the 9th with Alan Watkins as the speaker. A flyer with more information is posted on the bulletin board in the foyer. It is that time again that we begin thinking about giving to others. If anyone knows of a family in need this Christmas and would like to help coordinate the effort, please give their names to Joanne Shepherd by November the 13th. If there are no other announcements. The reading this morning will come from John chapter 1. 
verses 29 through 34. John 1, 29 through 34, I'll be reading from the New King James. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel, Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Our song for opening prayer will be number 223. 223. Swiftly we're turning life's daily pages. Swiftly Changing to years. How are we using God's golden moments? Shall we reap glory? Shall we reap tears? Into our hands the gospel is given. Into our hands is given. God's precious message guiding the erring back to the right. Millions are groping without the gospel. Quickly they'll reach eternity's night. Shall we sit idly as they rush onward, haste, let us hold up Christ's true light. Into our hands the gospel is given, into our hands is given the light. Haste, let us carry. God's precious message guiding the erring back to the right. Souls that are precious, souls that are dying, while we rejoice, our sins are forgiven. Did he not also? Die for these lost ones, then let us point the way unto heaven. Into our hands the gospel is given, into our hands is given the light. Haste, let us carry. God's precious message guiding the erring back to the right. We pray to be pleased. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for another day that we can come and gather in your name and worship you. Lord, we pray that our worship is acceptable in your sight. Lord, we're just so thankful for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Everything that we have is from you, and you've blessed us so richly, and we just want to, to thank you, give you the glory and the honor. Lord, we're so thankful for our congregation here. We ask that you please be with our sick, those who are not doing well, those who are unable to be with us. 
Lord, we know we have many who are recovering, many who are undergoing tests and treatments, and just ask that you please be with them, be with those who are carrying uh, uh, heavy burdens at this time, those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Lord, uh, please comfort them in a way that, that only you can. We're so thankful for our elders here. Ask that you please uh, bless them as they uh, shepherd the flock. Lord, ask for your blessings on uh, the deacons as they have many different ministries that they support. Lord, I pray for you to please uh, bless Brother Tom as he ministers to us uh, week in, week out. Lord, please uh, be with him uh, this morning as he brings us a message uh, from your word. Lord, I know there's uh, many other uh, people who, who labor behind the scenes here. Uh, just so thankful for each and every member, all those who uh, contribute to, to do your will and, and help Stroudsville uh, be a beacon of light in the community, those who we come in contact with, and the many different opportunities that we have to, to uh, minister to others. Lord, I want to ask for a special uh, prayer for our truck or treat tonight. Just pray that you uh, please bless the fellowship, the fun. Lord, events like this, there's just so many great things uh, that take place, and, and we're so thankful for them. But Lord, most of all, I pray that we're able to uh, utilize this as an opportunity to uh, carry your message uh, to others, to evangelize, Lord, uh, to maybe help seek those who are members of churches that do not follow doctrine uh, teachings, Lord, just uh, ways, maybe members or friends who, who do not uh, have a church home. Lord, I pray that uh, we utilize this opportunity uh, that you've given us tonight and that your uh, blessings are upon the event. Lord, we're so thankful for this nation, thankful for all those who, who serve. Uh, Lord, those who have served, so many have sacrificed uh, for us to enjoy the freedoms that, that we enjoy Lord, and we're so thankful for that and ask for your blessings on, on all those who are serving, those who have served in the past. Lord, we ask for your blessings of wisdom on our political leaders, those who make decisions that affect us and the generations to come. Lord, we just pray that we're a nation that continually uh, looks to you and, and that, uh, uses your word for, for guidance, Lord. And, and if we are a nation that, that turns away from you, Lord, we pray that we... Um, as individuals and as families have the courage to to do what's right and always uh, uh, follow your word no matter what. Lord, as we're about to partake in the Lord's Supper, uh, we just want to thank you for loving us so much that uh, you sent your son to to live on this earth to to, uh, be sacrificed, to die a criminal's death. Lord, and that his death, his blood washes away our sins and gives us hope of being in heaven someday. We, We are most grateful for that, Lord, and uh, just ask you please help us focus our hearts and minds as we prepare uh, for our time of communion. It's through our, our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 170. 170, we'll sing the first and last verses. They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior, so pure and free from sin. They said, crucify him, he's to blame. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. Yeah. 
love today, salvation's wondrous plan was done. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life, and your light do we see light. Oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright of heart. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers lie fallen, they are thrust down, unable to rise. King David often showed his love for God in his writings. How much do we appreciate that God's nature is a loving one? Consider if God was not. What would our incentive be? for eternity be? What would our motive be to serve him? What would our existence be like? We are very fortunate, though. Instead of the alternative scenarios, we have been gifted in that God is the definition of love. God loves us to the degree that he desires for us to be with him in a place that is so wonderful we cannot understand it until we will see it for ourselves. When we're there, there will be no end to it. There will be no death, no sadness or sickness. There will be unending happiness and joy and love. To get us to understand his love for us, we needed something that we could identify with. When I think of the near sacrifice of Isaac in the book of Genesis, I cannot help but have empathy for Abraham. More importantly, we can see that Abraham is devoted to God no matter the cost. So, when God does the same with Jesus... Does this mean he is that devoted to us? Can you believe this? I don't know that we'll truly understand it until that day comes. Let's read some scriptures that back this up. Ephesians 2, 4-7, through But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 1 John 3.16, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down lives for our brothers. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians 5.8, But God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4, 9-10 In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let us pray. Our dear God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks that uh, you are so kind and loving, merciful. We know this, that you sent your Son to die on the cross for our sins. We pray, Father, that you would bless this this emblem, this uh, bread as we are about to receive. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let us pray. Our God and Father, we uh, give thanks for this cup, which represents the blood that Jesus shed on our behalf. We're thankful, Father, that he loved you enough to follow through with your plan, despite the terrible price that he loved us enough to die for us. It's in his holy name we pray. Amen. This time has been set aside to take up a collection. Let's give thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you so much for the many blessings you provide us, especially uh, here in this country and at this time. Uh, we live uh, to much excess uh, and much comfort. Pray, Father, that we would be urged to, to give back more, that the, the church might flourish and grow. It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. I'd like to mark your songbook, sir. Song of invitation to be number 558. 558. Forward lesson, stand and sing number 657. 
657. O beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining afar through shadows dim, giving a life for those who long have gone, and guiding the wise men on their way unto the place where Jesus lay. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine upon us unto the glory the light to light the way into the land of perfect day. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine home. Oh, beautiful star, the hope of life, guiding the pilgrim through the over the mountain till the break of dawn. And into the light of perfect day, it will give out a lovely ray. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star. Bethlehem, shine upon us unto the glory dawn. Oh, give us a light to light the way into the land of perfect day. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine Beautiful star, the hope of rest, for the redeemed, the good, the blessed. Yonder in glory when the crown is won. For Jesus is now that star divine, brighter and brighter he will shine. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine upon us unto the glory Into the land of perfect day. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine home. Be seated, please. Good morning. Wonderful to have a good crowd here today. We appreciate you being here and honoring us with your presence. We ask that uh, you'll pay attention in the next few minutes as we talk about God's Word. And, uh, and I would ask you to open up your Bibles, if you will. In just a few moments, we'll be looking at John chapter 1. That'll be our first text tonight, today, John 1. We're doing a lesson series where we're talking about the, the nature of God or God's great nature. We focus, obviously, on the beauty of His creation, but more importantly, we talk about His attributes and His characteristics. And so we're going through a list of, of 15 different attributes of God. The record of Moses' song in Exodus fifteen eleven sort of describes God well. It's a good scripture to start off on this Sermon series, Who is like you, O God, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, 
doing wonders. You've noticed that I put on the background of each slide the leaves, and this time of year we're, we're mindful of the fall and the harvest and, and all the beautiful creation of God. We're actually going to have an event tonight where we sort of have a fall festival and trunk or treat. So we invite you to come back at 5 o'clock where we'll have a service. We are going to have a special service tonight that incorporates our young men. So it's sort of like a young men's service, but also we're going to have a youth skit. So uh, it's sort of a hybrid service. We're looking forward to that. Following that, we'll have a fellowship meal, kids' activities, trunk or treat. So please come back and join us. Say a little prayer for our young men. I know when they get up and, and they lead us, they're sometimes nervous, and I understand that. But we're excited to have them. And the theme uh, tonight will be, what is the fear of God? The fear of God, uh, a subject brought up with one of our young men. So I look forward to hearing more about that topic tonight. What are the attributes of God we've looked at so far? Last Sunday, we looked at the fact that God has always been. No beginning, no end. That's hard for us to understand. Today, topic two is going to be the spirit part of God, that he is, in fact, a spirit being. How can we even comprehend that or understand that he's a spirit being? We'll continue a sovereign God, a holy God. We talk about the three omnis, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient that he's immutable, that all truth is in God, he's a wise God, will continue in his goodness, that he's full of grace and love, uh, the foreknowledge of God, and finally we'll conclude with a God who is a a righteous God, but also a God of wrath. So let's spend a couple of minutes today where we talk about uh, the Trinity. The Trinity. What is the Trinity? Maybe you've heard that uh, word before. Tri means three, right? A tricycle, three-wheeled. So the next slide indicates the Trinity graphically. I sort of like it. And so if you'll notice the circles, I'll, I'll draw your attention to those. You see the Father in the upper left and the Son, and at the bottom right, the Holy Spirit. So those circles represent three personalities, three attributes or characteristics of God. So when I say God to you, you might automatically think of God the Father who spoke to Abraham. Or when I say God to you, you may think of Jesus the Son or the Holy Spirit. All three are still God, and yet they're exclusive of one another. You'll notice that the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father, yet all three are God. And I know that's hard to comprehend. It's hard to understand how a God could have three components. I like to think of it as three personalities, three ways that God reveals himself to us. You may recall in the Genesis account, in Genesis, uh, there's a point where God creates mankind, right? After he's created the earth and the waters and, and everything. And then it's interesting because the, the, the Bible says, let us make man in our image. Very interesting language. And you see, what that indicates is the plurality of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, working together in concert, make mankind in his image, in God's image, in the image of the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. And we'll talk a little bit later today about the spiritual component of mankind and how in one sense uh, we are like God. We're made in his image because we have a spirit component. Sometimes God uh, is described like water. Some people explain God that way. If you think about water, in the wintertime you see ice. That's one form. When you put your kettle on the stove and there's steam, that's another form. And then you have the liquid form when it comes out of the tap. Some people say that's like God. He can take Three different forms. Some people say God is like maybe an egg that's an egg, but yet it has three distinct parts within it. The shell, the yolk, and and the different parts of that egg make up an egg. God has three distinct parts. One of the things that's interesting about God being a spirit being is that being spirit, he is not limited in any way by time, distance, or matter. 
You see, God, and this is hard for us to comprehend, God can travel any place. He can be everywhere at the same time. He can hear all the prayers of mankind simultaneously. He understands our thoughts even before we think them. He knows the end before the beginning. And we say, oh, wow, that's hard to comprehend. It is difficult for us mere fleshly beings to understand someone as mighty and powerful as a God who created us and made us in His image, who has no beginning, who has no end, who has no limit to His power. But yet, church, I want to say this. Aren't you glad that His basic nature is love? Oh, wow. God is love. And we see a lot of not love around us, don't we? You see, when people choose to go a different path, when they reject God's command or say, thanks God, I'll do it my way instead, that's the opposite of God's nature. And, And so we want to be like God. We want to be loving. We want to understand His spirit part of Him. While it, albeit it is difficult to understand, I'll admit it's hard to understand what the spirit is and how He works in our life and how that could be part of God. But yet, we want to do that today for the next couple of minutes, if you'll join me. Nicodemus, who was a knowledgeable man, he knew the scriptures. He was quite informed and and a religious expert, if you will. But he came to Jesus at night. Jesus, I have some questions for you. I've heard about you. I want to learn more. And, And so he shocked Nicodemus when Jesus said, Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Nicodemus is like, what? I'm an an adult man. I can't be born again. That's impossible. So he went to the physical idea of being born again. Jesus said, no, no, Nicodemus, you don't understand. This new birth of which I'm speaking includes a birth of water and, you know the next one, right? Spirit. Water and spirit. Even today in the church, we preach that to be born again means you are born of water and spirit. We have a spirit component because that's part of who God is, and He wants us to be spirit as well. You have to be born of water and spirit. The Samaritan woman <clears throat> in the middle day, in the hot sun, came to fill up her water jug. Jesus, a Jew, shocked her when He began to talk to her. He told her things that she didn't uh, had any, have any idea anyone else knew about herself. She perceived that He was a prophet. But yet, In John 4, during the discussion, he says this, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so I want you to understand that God is a spirit being. Now let's go to John chapter 1. If you've already turned there, I'd ask you to open up your Bible. This is actually John's account, and I appreciate Warren reading a little bit earlier from this account of John chapter 1. I love this passage where it talks about the Word becoming flesh. But listen to what John says in verse 29. He's recounting this uh, baptism of Jesus. John 1 verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. This is the English Standard Version. He was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove. And it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. A couple of things I want to point out about that passage. As John recounts him baptizing the Son of God, of whom the Father had said to him, when you see someone that you baptize and the Spirit descends on him and remains on him, that is him. That is Messiah. Now, in verse 30, John 
mentions, because he was before me. You may recall last Sunday we talked about God being an eternal being. This Jesus Christ, also God, has been in existence always. Before Abraham was, I am. So John acknowledges that Jesus was even before him. Verse 32, he says, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven. So we see this is part of God. The Spirit, part of God, descending in the form of a dove. Then he says of Jesus, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Verse 33. What I wanted to point out about these accounts is, you may, not, you may not have realized it, but all three of the manifestations of, of God appeared at the same time. You see, at the baptism of Jesus, these gospel writers have seen Jesus standing in the water. They hear the voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And at the same time, they see the Holy Spirit descending in the form of of a dove, all at the same time. So back when we saw in slide six, the triune being, God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they are real. They exist. The three personalities or parts of God all showed themselves at the same time in the baptism of Christ. Genesis 1-2, the Spirit of God, we're told, was hovering over the face of the waters. He was active in creation, present even then. You see, the Holy Spirit has always been around that part of God. He's around now. He lives in us. He works in us. And so we'll talk for just a few minutes about his role or his purpose. I love to talk about the Holy Spirit. I ask that the Lord will give me a better understanding and a, and a discernment of who he is and why he's there and how he helps me and what should I expect from him. Very quickly, let me share with you an overview of the role of God's Spirit, that part of God that is active even in our lives today. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, we're told, for example, that the Holy Spirit guided the writers of the Bible, going all the way back to the Old Testament. They were guided by the Holy Spirit, and this is what produced our Bible today. That's why we hear that the Bible is inspired. It came directly from God, not from the will of man. The apostles didn't just get up one day and say, I think I'll just write this. No, they were told explicitly by the Spirit what to write, what to say. So what we read today is God's message, His handbook written by Him through men by the Holy Spirit. Now, in the first century, as you begin reading, as we did today in Stacy's class in Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit starting to manifest himself in a very powerful way in the first century. We know that the apostles did miracles. Jesus did miracles. We know that uh, the, the early church, the Christians in the early church in the first and beginning of the second century did miracles. And in Acts 2, chapter 4, we see... In Pentecost, the Holy Spirit making himself known in a very powerful way. We even concluded in class today, and rightly so, that Peter, when he got up and preached the first sermon of the church, was led by, guided by the Holy Spirit to say the things that God wanted him to say. And it impacted the hearts of people. They were convicted that they themselves had crucified Messiah, and they decided that they needed to repent and become members of this church, and follow Jesus Christ, whom they had crucified, who was in fact their loving and forgiving Savior. It's powerful what we see the Holy Spirit doing in the lives of the first century church. Continuing on in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, for example, we see Paul instructing Corinth about various gifts. What is a gift? Not like a gift you get at Christmas time that's wrapped in paper, In this case, in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, a gift might be something like the ability to speak in tongues or interpret tongues or the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of knowledge, the gift of discernment. All these various gifts were given by God 
in a miraculous measure in the early church to help the church grow, to help the gospel spread. And each various member, as they were given a gift, used this gift to glorify God. There was a little bit of contention sometimes between members of the church. Some might say, well, my gift is better than your gift. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than me. God favors me more than you. Paul said, whoa, time out, church. And he wrote 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter. This is what matters, not necessarily how much of a gift you have, but do you love your brethren? Do you love your fellow man? In Acts 2... And in verse 38, again, we spoke about this in our Bible class today when we discussed Pentecost. We know that Peter got up and proclaimed in a very powerful way that people needed to repent. They needed to be baptized, but he didn't stop there. He said, when you repent and you're baptized, you'll be saved. Your sins are forgiven and washed away. But in addition, the Holy Spirit, God himself will come and live in you. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 38, verse 39. And so we see that he lives in us. He tabernacles in us. Have you really stopped to think that God doesn't just love you? God says, I want to be with you. I want to be inside you. I want to lead you, guide you and make my presence known in your life. That's the goal of each Christian, to be led by God's Spirit. And so, my next work of the Spirit, if you will, that part of God, is that He comforts, He confirms, He guides us. Romans 8, verses 14 through 27. And I would invite you to write that down. Go study that chapter for yourself and ask yourself, what is the Spirit doing in my life today as God works in me and through me and I glorify Him? Can I feel God's presence? In Acts 9 and verse 31, the text tells us, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. Listen carefully. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, he multiplied. You feel the comfort of God's Spirit in your life today? Do you sense his presence? I believe that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 5, 5, is that we should feel assured of our salvation. We should remember that God loves us. The Spirit is given to us as a deposit. God says, I'm here with you, and I'm present. In 2 Corinthians 5.5, Paul writes, Jesus Christ, who has prepared for us this very thing, is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. All right, let me break this down so we can all understand it. Let's say you're having a really bad day. I know a brother who told me, I'm having a bad day today. I just, it's been rough. You ever had one of those? I just don't feel God's presence. I, I, I don't know, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I can't do anything right. I believe that if you have God's Spirit in you, perhaps there's this still small voice, that inner voice in you that says, it's okay. God has got this. You're going to be fine. You ever had one of those times where you just needed God? You just needed a God hug? God, are you there? I need your presence. Reassure me. Help me. Help me learn to trust you, God, and know that you're there. And I believe that's precisely one of the roles of His Spirit to say, I'm here. I haven't forgotten you. I'm inside you. God says that that Spirit was given to us as a guarantee. Paul confirms this in 2 Corinthians 5, 5. Yes, feel His presence. Call upon Him. Pray to Him. Cry out to Him. And let Him comfort you. I want to close today with just a quick question. Did you know that God wants to fill you up? He wants to fill you up with His own Spirit. God wants to be with you. 
God wants to be in you. If you are not a Christian, if you've not been immersed in the waters of baptism, that's impossible. How do we know that? Go back to Acts 2, when Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. Peter says, if you will do these things, if you'll confess, if you'll believe in your heart, if you'll confess publicly that Jesus is the Christ and, be, and submit to have a water baptism, if you will do these things and if you'll walk away from your old lifestyle, repent, and, and then God's Spirit will come in. He will dwell in you. But those things can happen unless we're obedient to the commands of God. And so today I want to challenge you. If you want the presence and the peace, the reassurance of God through His Holy Spirit in you, may I suggest that you be baptized, immersed in the waters of baptism. That's God's instructions. And that's what we teach. That is what we preach. We're all a work in progress. None of us are perfect, but we're perfect only through the blood of Jesus that washes our sins away. I hope you'll be encouraged to do some more study on the role of the Holy Spirit and how He works in our life, that He is in fact part of God. God is perfect. God is love. But God also has a spiritual component that He has, thankfully, chosen to share with His creation. He wants to live inside us. You feel His presence. It's there if you will acknowledge it and if you'll welcome Him in by obeying the gospel. And we challenge you today, if you're not a Christian, become a Christian. Obey the gospel. Repent. Be baptized for the remission of your sin. We invite you today to come. Let's stand and sing together. Our young men who are going to participate in the service tonight, please meet with uh, in room one. Again, we thank each of you for being here this morning. Hope you'll make plans to be back with us tonight at 5 o'clock. Any other final announcements?
Not our closing song will be step by step. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, and I will seek you. step you'll lead me and I will follow you all of my days oh God you are my God and I will ever praise you oh God you are my God and I Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We, ask, we thank you so much for granting us another day that we can be on this earth and to uh, hear your word and share your word and, and most of all work for you. Heavenly Father, we, as we leave today, we ask that you help us to um, reach out to those who are lost, reach out to those who are hurting and grieving, reach out to those who are having trouble with their health, and help us to encourage them, comfort them, and do what we can to help them through this difficult time. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Stroudsville and the work that's being done, and we just ask that you, again, bless our uh, event tonight and our trunk or treat, and we just ask that you help us to reach out uh, to those who may not know you and ask them to uh, be here tonight with us and enjoy some fellowship together. And Heavenly Father, we Again, thank you for this time, but we thank you so much for your son, Jesus, the pain and suffering that he went through on the cross, and the grace and mercy that affords us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.